0: Welcome back to episode 49 of Sequel Pitch, the podcast where film fanatic friends gather together to review a movie that doesn't have a sequel and then have a competition, pitching their ideas for a follow-up movie. I am your host for today, Drew Toynbee, the director of this mind heist. Joining me, we have the brash and scowling, but ultimately charming, Joseph Gordon-Levitt of the group, Andy Henry. Hello! And the effeminate but also ruggedly manly Ross Armstrong. Yeah! Don't <laughs> fear it is Tom to Hardy. dream a little bigger, darling. Very good. Unfortunately, Matthew Rushton has had a heck of a day, and so he's taking this evening off. Can't blame him. We are recording this on the hottest day in the oh. history of this country. Yeah. Yeah! Nothing's going to stop us. No, we, we're we entirely dedicated. A little bit of behind-the-curtain stuff. My my office is in my shed in my garden, and obviously the door's is wide open, and um, I keep on being invaded by a very determined wasp. So <laughs> I promise if it happens again, I will leave all of the audio in, and we'll <laughs> see how that goes. If you hear any thunder as well from my side, that's
1: literally... <laughs> The only random oh, wow. bit of thunder and, <laughs> and water that has
0: come in the last two days. I had, like, this afternoon at, like, three o'clock, there was an enormous roll of thunder and, and not a drop of rain. Didn't see lightning, <laughs> didn't hear any more thunder, just one roll of thunder and nothing else. Yeah. I think we devastated. had, like, a
2: drop, because everyone was about like, oh, it's raining, and as everyone else looked, it, like, finished. And everyone was like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. oh, everyone was, like, kind of running downstairs, and before they even got to the door, they were like, come back, come on.
0: To be honest, considering that this podcast is hosted by four British men, we've made it 49 episodes without talking about the weather before. (laughs) So I'm pretty pleased with that. (laughs) (laughs) So tiny wee teeny weeny bit of housekeeping just before we crack on. Just a reminder that we now have a Patreon. So if you enjoy what we do and you would like to support us with a little bit of money. Um, that you can give us every month that we can put towards slightly better software, slightly better services that we can use to make editing faster, to make more content or make ourselves sound better for you guys. No pressure at all if you don't want to or if you don't have the money, that's totally fine. But if you have a look in the description of this episode, you will find a link to patreon.com slash sequel pitch. And if you fancy dropping us some cash, that would be much appreciated and also a ginormous huge thank you to m from verbal diorama for becoming our very first patron we are, we are we absolutely we over the moon and fireworks. we <laughs> all, we're legitimate we're a real podcast now that's it no one can stop us no one can ever take it away from us someone has paid us to make a podcast yeah. 1 pound they've paid we us thank you so yeah that's <laughs> wicked and now let's crack on so As mentioned at the end of last episode, this is one that we've been holding off doing. It was discussed right at the beginning of this show, between us, of when we would do this movie. And we held off for a while. But now it is time to do Christopher Nolan's 2010 action sci-fi? Action... maybe. Psychic? Mm. (laughs) Dream-delving... Espionage masterclass in movie making. That is Inception, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Elliot Page, Ken Watanabe, Tom Hardy. Who else? Killian Murphy, Michael, and Michael Caine for for like less than two minutes of screen time. It's
2: Nolan's good luck charm. He's got to be in there somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Michael <Caine. laughs> As always, just in case you want a refresher on what happened before you hear our review or our sequel pitches, or if you've never seen the movie and you really can't be bothered to we do a really quick summary just so that you know rough or what happens in the movie there are spoilers in this so be if you want to go and watch the movie before you get it spoiled go away now and come back in a minute okay so Dominic Cobb played by Leonardo DiCaprio is a man on the run unable to enter the US to see his children he he tries to steal some information from Ken Watanabe's Saito using technology that allows people to share dreams Impressed with the skills of him and his team even though they failed, Saito hires Cobb to use Inception, the idea of PLANTING an idea in a mind rather than taking information, uh, to make his business rival break up his dying father's business empire. In return, he will make the false charges that Dom murdered his wife disappear so that he can return to the States to his children. Dom and his team take the job, they have to go three levels down, so a dream within a dream within a dream and then a dream within a dream within a dream within a dream at the end of the movie. Um, and they go in. It turns out that Killian Murphy, who's the business rival, has had his mind prepared for people trying to steal things through dreams because this is established technology in the world. So they have to fight. Normally, if you die in a dream, you will just wake up. But because they've had to be sedated to go four levels deep, if you die in this dream, your mind falls into a forever dream called Limbo and your brain will stay there so long that you just go insane because you've lived thousands of years in limbo however they take the job they go down there they do it the subconscious projection of Dom's wife Mal keeps showing up and causing problems and eventually Dom has this big cathartic moment where they plant the idea Dom has the the cathartic chat with his wife and then they all get out and it seems like Dom has made it back to the USA the charges are cleared and everyone lives happily ever after we think. Yeah. Oh, that was good actually. Yeah. It was yeah, I know it was a little bit long, but again, yeah, just hard to do sixty seconds. And anything anything that is subpar in this episode, just off oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: just blame the heat. It's like uh, your pitch was shit, it's the heat man if you got just got to
0: <laughs> Yeah. Chaps, chaps, chaps. We yeah. were deep into second year of uni, maybe early of early third year when this movie came out. How did you find it then, and what did you think of it now?
1: Yeah, I when I watched it back at uni, I was I loved it. It was it was a cool concept. It was like one of my favourite films. I would always say, "Yeah, this is my favourite film" because it had deep stuff, you know, thinky stuff. But then it also <laughs> had cool action scenes and stuff, um, mm. you know, and it it had an awesome soundtrack and what's his face as well uh the the corridor fight scene as well like you know yeah. that's a memorable new thing that you hadn't seen back then um and and yeah i thought it was really cool i just thought it was a really interesting idea of of basically dream dreams which yeah and i think christopher nolan did a really good job um i like his style and i like his the way he directs. Um, and mm. re-watching it, I... thought 12 years later, because I hadn't really watched it since, like... I watched it a couple of times maybe after, but not, like, massively. Um, and re-watching it, I thought, again, amazing. Like, that, it still holds up for me as being one of my top films. Um, I love... I understand it more. There are some things that now I'm like, mm. um, <laughs> being older. We'll 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 come on to what they are in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, on the whole, really good movie. Still holds up. Still love it.
0: Very good, Andy. How about you?
2: Um, yeah. I think when it first came out, I was one of those people who was like, "This is the best fucking movie ever, Meg. There's nothing wrong with it." Um and re- rewatch it again, it's basically still lives up to that hype. You know, basically, <laughs> there's a few things, yeah, where you're a bit like, oh, I didn't see that. Maybe first round, ra- first time round, or maybe because I'm older, I see it or anything like that. Um, but still, uh, I haven't watched it in ages. And I don't know the reason why. Maybe because it's is like two and a half hours. Um, mm. but like I for- just like I forgot how fucking good it is. Just like the yeah. visuals, like. If you're like forgetting like the the actual concept of going three layers into a dream, like how ridiculous, and the com- like they never mentioned the comic the the chemicals or compounds that make this, they're just like it's compounds, and everyone's like, right, cool. Yeah, um, you just
0: you just plug it, you plug it into someone's arm yeah. and you press a squishy you know white no button idea how it and it works. Yeah. Uh, even uh. even if it's one of those machines inside a dream, everyone's brain knows <laughs> somehow what yeah. that is yeah. and so tells their brain mm. to make it like that's where it does start to just be like you just have to go with it yeah. at yeah. that yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry Andy, I interrupted it's you. It's
2: just a highly entertaining in every possible way um yeah, yeah, like not like like not even not many jokes. I think there's probably like two or three like one-liners, and that's it. Not saying that it was needed, um, but basically a perfect movie in in every sense. In, in quotation marks.
0: Wow, there yeah. we go. And yeah, for for me, very very similar. Absolutely loved the movie when it came out. Would would have spent a long time saying it was one of my favorite movies kind of forgot it existed for a good few years <laughs> and then sitting down to watch it for the first time for a very long time was a real experience although i have to say i i bought it in 4k through yeah. youtube to watch on my big telly yeah and um youtube compression does not do well with this oh, specific really? movie yeah. like as soon as as soon as the image gets busy like when um Leonardo DiCaprio and Elliot Page just sat at the cafe in Paris and then everything explodes. Oh, yeah. Just the image quality. No. One minute, it's crisp 4K yeah. and they're having a lovely conversation and then everything explodes and the screen just goes... <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: in red blotches and you're like, oh, that's something. Great, nice.
0: Yeah, the, there is still a case for physical media in some cases, people.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. DVDs. but what
0: i what i found most striking about my experience of watching it now is and i haven't played this card for quite a while it's a bit of a shame matt isn't here cuz i'd be interested to hear what he said but speaking as a father of a 3 year old hey. this movie hits different since oh, yeah. I like before it was all like yeah yeah he wants to get back to his kids and it's all very sad and yeah i'm sure he does but it m- must be difficult but he's tr- he's globe trotting and he lives an action-packed cool exciting <laughs> intriguing life and the reason i like this movie was for the action and the high concept stuff and the meticulous level of planning and filmmaking that went into making this um, mm. incredible movie and then i got to the end of it watching last night and he just and he spins the top and stops looking at it and goes over to embrace his kids, and I burst into tears, like, fully, like, ugly crying on the sofa. (laughs) I hadn't even had a drink, like, on my own at half twelve at night.
1: Where's just baby? ugly
0: crying. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Oh, and Arch, Arch was staying in Bath with with his mum and his grandparents <laughs> last night, so I didn't even I couldn't even go in and like stroke his head and make myself feel better. So yeah, I enjoyed the fact that over twelve years, my appreciation of this movie has gone from. It's just given me one extra thing about this movie that you like. makes me love it. I mm. always loved how. The other thing that I love about this movie is whilst you can pick out a lot of moments where it's like, oh, this person is explaining what is what is happening so that the audience understands. Hmm. Christopher Nolan makes movies in the way that I always say I want people to when I'm like, if they just put in one line where someone said this, it would yeah. make all cool of that make sense. And Christopher Nolan does that. He reads his scripts and goes, oh, oh, that won't make sense. Have someone say it. Okay, great. And they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like,
2: I like when someone explains the uh, the kick to someone, even though they're supposed to know what it is.
0: Like yeah, halfway through yeah. the
2: movie, they're like, "A kick? What's that, mate? You're on our team, and you don't know what a kick is?" <laughs> <Get out. laughs> yeah. One
0: of the best jokes is the sequence where they're demonstrating the kick on Joseph yeah, Gordon-Levitt, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just making him fall out of <laughs> chairs. Yeah, yeah. For like only for like five seconds, but mm. I enjoyed that. Another thing that I really, really respect about this movie is mm. that it takes a what should be uh, a super high concept and i wonder if at some point in the scripting process to share dreams you had to be in a big facility mm. and you're all in big glowing machines like in avatar and yeah. that's the only way that it works and i and at some point he had the balls to be like no no j- right it's a suitcase and and you and you just plug you it, stick it up in. someone's sleeve yeah. you don't even inject them you put it under their sleeve <laughs> and you press a button and you all just fall asleep and share a dream and the the pace of the filmmaking and the confidence of it and the and the style mm. just completely carries it it sells it definitely yeah you kind of you do You either forget
2: about it or just buy it, and you're just like, yeah, yeah. All right, that's that's. I don't need to know anymore because yeah, you're saying so, you're so confident and um, just good. Like you are. You're just like, yeah, give me more or less. I should say,
0: Ross. What are the things you weren't so keen on? I,
1: I. It, it's more the the things that you said, like where you have to sort of leave your brain like too much. Not like you know, you leave that sort of. What what this doesn't make sense, uh at the door, but there <laughs> are some bits that rewatching it, like the whole the subconsciousness being like the groups of people, and if they recognize somebody in another dream in someone else's yeah. dream, they start to like attack um, yeah, yeah. that's a bit odd, but you know. It's only a
0: little bit odd. I was like, okay, but then I quite
2: like that though. Yeah, it definitely like it, it's, it's. It definitely gives more danger for when you're uh, when you're
0: uh, yeah. sneaking around. And they and stuff. always then... they always surround it with enough scientific sounding words. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. When yeah. they're like, it's like white blood cells attacking a- attacking an infection, <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, it sounds sciencey <laughs> now, yeah, okay. so it must be real. Yeah.
1: And other than that, I don't really have many actually. The so stormtrooper guard. I had some uh, problems with it. <laughs> no, yeah. I clearly if, didn't. if there
0: were,
2: I think it's just little. It's little. I think you can't really think about it at the end. The little things as you kind of go along. I didn't realize how bad the stormtrooper guard aims were until like I kind of got to the end. I was <laughs> yeah. like, of course it's yeah, a movie. Really and you don't want this right to start at the beginning. When Tom they Hardy around they turns around in he's the chest once yes. and shoots people, and I'm like, that's just taking the piss. Come on. But um, for
1: for those little bits that you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. that's weird. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's so many good bits. Like, one of my favourite scenes, one of my favourite bits in the whole movie is where Pete pothol Pete pothol oh. um mm. says... <laughs> uh, um, say that uh, ten times. He says, uh, I was disappointed that you tried to be like me. Oh, um, man. To yeah, yeah. Cillian Murphy, which is like, oh, and then he sees the little, the little fan thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh... And then obviously but... the three the three-timed kick like to get them out oh, of yeah, the that dream. Was cool. mm. Um that was really cool.
0: Yeah. Re-watching. The visuals
2: and the the sets are obviously a big thing in this movie. Yeah, like the slow motion, the upside down rotating set with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and stuff like so many good bits um in this and yeah, done practically and stuff like um, when in the bar I think when they what's that what's the character called Mr. Thing? When they they tell the dreamer that he's he's dreaming, Mr. Charles, um, yeah, and, Mr. And Charles, they, and yeah. the, the the bar I think tilts up. I think it's that scene. I think they did that for real yeah. and stuff as well. And like everyone's they, glued to their
0: seats. They they did like it, it's it is overwhelmingly practical. Yeah, this movie like so so much. The avalanche was practical. Yeah, I assume oh. miniature. Although I wouldn't put it past no, Christopher no. Nolan to just be like, "Can we um." Can we just make an avalanche happen, guys? Can <laughs> yeah, we just, yeah, yeah. like people do that every day. Can we just film it? Like the um the, the military installation in the snow is a big it is a huge miniature. Like the yeah, the effects work is just fabulous. And they like, I think they
1: coined that stairwork the the um corridor find in terms of like a new way of filming with the whole rotating <laughs> That yeah. corridor, uh, like that. I'm pretty is, sure it's that was the first mind of it, blowing. First of its thing. And then it carries that, on in that the Maybe room 360,
2: yeah. I think it's yeah. The, maybe the first 360. I can think oh. of ones that kind of go high, like 180 or so.
1: That's so good. Oh God. So that, cool. that,
0: I bet... that shot is so good. And a bit, I'm uh, yeah. grinning and... just remembering <laughs> watching it last night and being like, oh, my God. And it's not yeah. even that it's, long it's as a well. It's a great shot. And yeah, it's only like 20 seconds, but and then it's that it's that added thing of having spent so much time watching the special features on the blu-ray and knowing that was real Yeah. yeah. and that and the Joseph jo- Gordon-Levitt yeah, yeah. and a mm. and a stuntman were in there actually doing a choreographed fight scene in a spinning
2: And fair play props to Joseph Gordon-Levitt because they could have had a a stuntman in there somewhere how you know maybe CGI just face or something but you yeah. weren't in there and, and it makes all, all of it. the difference you are like this is that proper sells it
0: yeah yeah and like last thing from me before we jump onto scores i think hans zimmer wonderful well yeah exactly hans zimmer introducing the (laughs) to trailers and film music thanks which has been with us now for 12 minutes 12 minutes 12 years and will not go away. No. And he's like, created... goodness gracious me. And he created one of his most famous
1: tracks, which is Time. Yeah, like, Time. A beautiful <sighs> oh. piece of uh, music. And the, he does, like, everyone always talks about. Like, e- every time he does a concert, he always ends with it. Or he comes out and he does, like, a guitar riff. Of, he does the guitar and stuff. It, my brother went to see wow. him and he said it was really good. So like, yeah, the the soundtrack just adds
0: again another level of oh, how yeah. good this movie is. So on to scores. I'm gonna go last because I know what I'm gonna give it. I suspect I know what you to roughly what you're gonna give it, but I'm gonna go last. Um so let's go with Andy. What are your final thoughts on your score?
2: Oh, um, um I say it, I don't think much more I can go. Say than we have already said. Just it's almost it's almost a perfect movie. Come on, I mean, like I think anyone in, anyone who watches it and enjoys it basically does kind of say that. I'm just looking forward because the the reason we wanted to do this for such a long time is because it's such a hard idea to to like have a sequel for. So um, I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, to be it's 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 basically a a a, a perfect film. So I'm going to give it five big bongs out of 5 <laughs> I won't do with Very the bongs because that would probably get annoying after like the second one but uh I was
1: tempted <laughs> yeah and Ross I'm going to give it obviously after all the stuff I've said clearly I'm going to give it 5 Pete Pothelweights out of uh 5 so <laughs> thank
0: you amazing and yet yeah. yeah, for for me this is a, a stone cold five hands down any niggles that you have are quickly forgotten in, in or... insignificant yeah. in the face of the incredible performances the wonderful music the fantastic sim- cinematography from wally fester and and all of the wonderful performances from every single member of the cast who gets at least one if not more moments to really really shine it's a five and matt matt hasn't provided us with a um with a review and so by default his score goes in Mm -hmm. as the average of our scores which makes this one of our very few it's it's our second ever fully five star movie yay Um, uh Up there, I think maybe we need to redo Flash Gordon because saying nah, our five star movies. No, are come on, Inception the first one we've done.
2: Yeah, and the first one—that's amazing. Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Inception's probably <laughs> first, right?" And you have got like the vibe for fives, and then we're like, "No, nah, Flash Gordon's first. And, and it was Matt for was a while. There, it
1: definitely would have so... been. A, it wouldn't have been
0: a, a perfect. No, I think vibe. he would have dropped it down. Yeah, I don't bit, think but... Matt. Well, but there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh. um, so yeah a full five for inception it yeah. is a it's it's phenomenal it is a phenomenal phenomenal movie oh
2: we did talk about the um, end he, as well with the fucking twisty top
0: i was was it a God dream damn it, andy i was about to say well, and just before yeah. we crack on do you for you guys uh, is he dreaming or is he hmm. awake
2: have to say just what a great way to end just a film because again you just keep the conversation going so what a great way for me yeah it's it's the, like the whole film, he hasn't wanted to see his kids in his dreams or anything like that. So, the fact that he doesn't need, he spins it just to make sure. But he goes and sees them. For me, that's enough to say he's confident enough to go. Yes, and then twenty minutes later, when he's got, when he makes a cup of tea, he walk past the table and go like, "Oh yeah, it's fallen." Okay, cool.
0: <laughs> Ross.
1: Now there's two things. It could be. It, I think it is a. It isn't a dream because. You see the children's faces right at the end. Mm. And I don't think you ever do in all the lead up no. to the move like to the yeah. end. So uh, that makes me feel like it's like, oh yeah, no, no, this is real. Um but you, you know, get the wobble at
2: the top as well, you know? With it wobble with if if if, uh, if it wasn't a dream. It would just keep spinning. That's what you said, it just continually spin. So
0: what do you think, Drew? i think it it was real as well i appreciate the fact that chris nolan came out in an interview and someone and because he spent like 10 years being like i'm not i won't say anything and then he eventually came out and was like look i made it totally ambiguous i gave it loads of reasons why it could or couldn't be because like when he speaks to his kids on the phone earlier in the movie they sound way older than those two kids in the garden But then there's also if you see Cobb wearing his wedding ring, it means he's dreaming and he's not wearing his wedding ring at the end. But the kids are too young. And and he basically came out and admitted he made it as ambiguous (laughs) as possible so that people could decide for themselves what ending the movie has. And on that basis, he absolutely made it back to his kids because I it's making me well up a little tiny <laughs> bit now just thinking about it like yeah abs- he he got home
2: yeah yeah oh it's so good yeah well if he didn't have the wobbles
1: see how oh God, bad is ross, these oh no. sequels are gonna be <laughs> well, well, I well gonna go it. For different reasons my friend yeah
2: <laughs> ross is gonna go for the kids and is again
0: oh no oh yeah well yeah it's much as i i spent ages thinking to uh, dear listeners thinking to myself oh this is an easy one to do a sequel for i really hope i'm pitching for this one um having watched it i realize how very lucky i am mm. <laughs> that i didn't have to try and come up with an act with a like a movie that is even close to as satisfying as the movie we just <laughs> watched however i am super duper excited to see what these guys have come up with i'm i'm full of love for this movie and i'm ready to be full of love for these pictures so let's do it <laughs> It is time to get your sequels to Inception pitched. The rules of the pitching section, as always, are very, very simple. One at a time, you will pitch me your sequel to Inception. You'll give me the, the story, the themes, any cool bits that you think are super cool. You're trying to persuade me that yours is the best. We will have no interruptions other than supportive laughter and oohs and ahs and things, please. Uh, you'll both do that. It'll However, have to be then supportive. we and, can't be like sarcastic. Yeah, you know, t- I'm in a really <laughs> good mood. I'm in a really good mood this evening. I know. It's a good movie. <laughs> so all really supportive. And then when we get into the debate phase, I want you both to absolutely go to town. Ab- like absolutely destroy each other. Um, and convince me why why I should choose you as the winner. And then I will indeed choose the winner. And then we'll um all go and put our feet in buckets of iced water and things like that. Uh, so I'm going to ask Ross, please, to pitch for oh. me first. Ross, what is your title and your brief synopsis and indeed your pitch? Inception 2. Uh, Excellent. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Brilliant.
1: The passive device is now owned by a mega corporation and everyone, every home has one. But the air intentions with it aren't all innocent. The movie opens, okay. and we see an eye opening, much like Lost. A man wakes up in an apartment. It's Robert Parson. He goes back to uh, he goes <laughs> to his balcony of his apartment, and we see a huge vista of a paradise, almost like he's in a dream. Then he walks down some steps, much like the famous relativity uh print, you know, by that. Uh, Dutch guy, uh, with all the Mm -hmm. different steps going in different directions. He's walking through a street filled with people and as he does walk through they all stop. One grabs him and he wrestles them uh, off and then another grabs him. uh, And then another one (laughs) until he's overwhelmed. (laughs) He manages to fight them off. uh, And then then we have an insert mind-bending chase sequence in which he's trying to escape all these people that are trying to put him to sleep they're trying to do something to him they're trying to put him to sleep nobody knows why he stops him by killing himself and waking up in his apartment we learn that he was using the passive machine owned by insert evil corporation name here (laughs) so thinking there is a defect he travels to the nearest seller of the machines as uh, he's traveling through the city we get like cyberpunk vibes not the whole like hog cyberpunk but just spattering of this evil court being advertised everywhere. Okay. Outside the shop, there are protesters saying that the dreams shouldn't be tampered with and that the corporation is evil. Anyway, he takes it into a person and looks at it, and then the guy says to him, hey, we need to share a dream. To I need to see what the issue is with this machine. And so he does. We also learn that in this sort of world now, they don't need architects to build like they don't need human actual architects to build these things. They use it via a computer in the machine. Um mm-hmm. so the computers build the the dreams that the user wants. Right. Using like, yeah, things that they know of. So they jack in, but lo and behold, betrayal. The man puts him to sleep, like in the dream. So, this is implied that he's in a dream within a dream. We then see the real world, Robert's body, like he's being transferred to an underground facility with hundreds of people also, like, under the machine. In the dream within a dream, Rob wakes up thinking that what happened was a dream with a dream. I dreamed a dream of time gone by. <laughs> Uh, He leaves his apartment. Hugh Jackman shows up. Yeah. He leaves his apartment, but it's different this time. We see more and more corporate messages being advertised and their ideals being beamed to the masses. Anyway, speeding the story up because I couldn't think of anything, he escapes somehow, (laughs) the dream within a dream, and then he kills the dream version of the guy who wanted to have a shared dream in the, in the in the in the dream <laughs> so so let me explain just for the listeners if they don't understand they're in a dream within a dream, answer within answer a dream. Me. okay they're dreaming in a dream within the dream and then right. he kills He wakes up from the dream within a dream. So now, only in just the one level of the dream. One dream. dream. Yeah. One dream dream is all it takes. (laughs) Possibility. (laughs) So then, he kills the the dream version of the guy in the real world who was going to fix his computer. Um, So then, and then he manages to wake up in the facility. He manages to escape either with being helped by someone, like either he knocks someone's machine and they wake up or something. I'm not really sure how he's going to escape, but that's for the scriptwriters to write. Okay. He, is, he escapes. He's now being hunted by the corporate goons, and this can play out for a bit longer because obviously I don't want to speed up because I have been speaking that long. So, you know, he's being <laughs> ho- hunted by the corporate goons, and they're like, ah, and this is in the real world or so they think. And then he vows vengeance of this corporation who like tried to basically put him on ice because basically what their intention is, uh, just so you know, is to make everyone into the, uh, what's it called? What's it called? The fucking deep, deep down dream, the fucking limbo. 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 Yes. They want to put anyone that like questions what they do into limbo. And that's where he was anyway. He's now being hunted by corporate goons. Um, and vows vengeance to bring down the corporation. And to do this, he needs help from the best Inception guy in the world. <laughs> Don't know how he finds out, but he finds <laughs> he needs the help of Cobb. Oh, yeah, bring him in for a little bit at the end of the All movie. Right. So he seeks out Cobb and asks him for his help to find the CEO of the corporation to plant an idea. Now, this, there's two endings I've got. Either they plant an idea to get rid of this technology or they just take the they take the evil plan that the corporation have and then they publicize it to the world either way i'm not really sure it wouldn't be really inception if they weren't incepting something into someone's mind but yeah. it's more um so anyway they do a heist mission uh he he agrees to help i don't know maybe there's some backwards and forwards he agrees to help there's a heist mission uh you know dream within a dream in a dream uh they plant a seed in his head the ceo then disbands the technology vowing to never use it again end of movie now the whole premise of the thing is basically the corporations (laughs) now want to use these machines to plant things in people's heads so these people it's kind of like ready player one where these people use these things to get away but they're being like there's little things to and... Yeah. And there was a, a more malfunction in his one that his own subconsciousness started to attack himself in his own dream. Um, and that's why they were chasing him and trying to put him to sleep. So basically they were trying to put him to sleep into limbo or whatever. Um, it's that kind of vibe. I know that it's not really <laughs> like a fully fleshed out idea, but I really like the idea of a corporation like using these machines to pump through their messages and 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 this guy realizing that and then like having to find Cobb who is you know experienced at, at um intercepting people's heads to like find mm-hmm. uh, a way to bring down this corporation
0: cool okay you've you've answered all my questions pretty much i've i i have thoughts but i will I'll save them to the end. Thank you. That is, yeah, cool. We all, very thoughts. Cool. Oh. I'm a little bit far away from the. Oh, no. I just moved my mic on the recording and now it's got a horrible wibbly wobbly line on the waveform. Anyway, um, Andy. <laughs> oh, no. You, sir, also have a pitch. What's it I called? Do. Give me and the it's... synopsis and then pitch it for me.
2: My pitch is also for Inception 2. How lucky is that? Right.
0: <laughs> Mine, oh. is...
2: Mine is Inception 2, exception, or Inception 2, perception. Or, Inception 2. <laughs> c- correction. In-
0: I've got Inception like 10 shun- deception.
2: Yeah, I got a 10 tension jokes, so I'll skip to the end. The actual title <laughs> is Inception 2: Extraction. Mm.
0: Okay. Nice. Okay,
2: little blurb is Cobb's children are kidnapped, so Cobb and his team have to dive into Cobb's past. Oh, I'll to just find give clues. it to
1: Drew straight away for fuck, it's got kids in it.
0: Oh, fuck. <laughs>
2: They have to uh, <laughs> uh, dive right into. past.
0: I don't Cop's have past... teenagers. I don't care about teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh
2: no. Well, my mine, mine are still the babies at this point. They're oh, still like oh, three. Oh, so
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. digital de aging to deal Digi- with here. Yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway, yeah. right. Anything to
2: anything to tug your heart. That, that's what I'm for. <laughs> um, <laughs> where am I? Oh yeah, the start. Uh, Cobb's <laughs> children have are kidnapped, <laughs> so Cobb and his team have to dive into Cobb's past to find clues that will not only bring his family back. But stop a weapon of mass destruction. Mm. <laughs> all right, okay. this is serious. <laughs> um, uh, it starts with Cobb happy in a dream and having breakfast with his family, uh, and there's an unknown mystery lady there. It's kind of like uh, shot like the first one with the kids. We never see her face, uh, but it's all happy. Uh, and then suddenly he Cobb wakes up uh, and he gets a message from Michael Kane and he goes and sees him. And Kane explains that he's being hunted. For things that either he or his family's done in the past. Uh, he thinks they're gonna come after Cobb uh, because obviously um, he is married to his daughter. And then Kane says, Oh, I've called Arthur already and he's here. So Arthur and Cobb then go home. Uh, and then there's some goons that break in and try and kidnap the kids. Uh, the goons escape, but Cobb uh, manages to capture one guy and they inception him uh, to find out why they're trying to kill Michael Kane. Uh, they realize they need Eames uh, so he, he can go into the dream disguised as the goon to inter- infiltrate a meeting to get a clue about what's going on with Michael Kane. So they get Tom Hardy and he comes along. Every, all the returning cast are back. I should mention that as well. <laughs> um, in the meeting, they get a clue, but um, they're like, kind of caught. So a, a big fight breaks out. Uh, and then when they wake up, they fly to the clue. They're fly to you know, they they're like, oh, we've got to go see someone in Germany. Let's fly to Germany. Um, and the next part, of the mission. Uh, oh, sorry, no. On the way, the gang is talking uh, about the clue uh, and realizes the goons aren't after Michael Caine, they're after Cobb. Uh, and they start asking questions about the clue and find out Cobb's great grandfather was a scientist to help create a Novicek uh, style neurotoxin. Uh, and the goons must be working for someone who wants to use it as a WMD. Uh, the gang ask Cobb where the last known sample is, but he doesn't know, saying he only met his grandfather uh, or great grandfather like a few times before his death. Uh, they all suggest going into one of Cobb's dreams when when, when he was with his grandfather to try and find more clues. Um, then they get some more clues, but they realize they need more. And the next part of the mi- uh, film is them going on like dream missions. They got to track down people who uh, helped build this uh, neurotoxin, uh, kind of like sneak in, uh, inception them and get more clues, lead to more fights and obstacles. And, and we learn about Cobb's family. Um, and either his granddad was a good guy he tried to like maybe destroy the neurotoxin and die as a hero or he was a bad guy and tried to like sell it and died somehow uh, some other way um, Cobb then starts to get suspicious of his team uh, and that he may still be dreaming and threatens Arthur with a gun but Arthur calms Cobb down Cobb then points the gun to himself but Arthur reminds him uh, that they uh, once they have the sample they can get the kids back so they follow one more clue, leading them to a big fight where Cobb and Eames is on top of a building, and Eames gets shot, and something happens to his face, or his mask slips, and Cobb sees that Eames is not played by Tom Hardy, but just some random guy, and then he turns around and sees Arthur, who is in now different clothes, come along and push Cobb off a building before hitting the floor. Oh, Cobb wakes up in a, like a mini war zone. He like think of like a, a like a makeshift tent, yeah, and it's like a like there's gunfire everywhere, not bombs or anything, but. Basically, he's in a mini wars, so he's strapped to a bed with IVs in him, and he sees Arthur and... What's her name? Uh, uh, Ar- Ardine? Ariadne. How is it pronounced?
0: How is it pronounced? A- Ariadne. A- Ariadne. The daughter Ari. of the king of... Uh, the daughter of King Minos, uh, who oh, cool helped up. Theseus out of the labyrinth.
2: Hey, cool, man. Mm. So there we go. Check
0: out our first episode. Um,
2: so... Um, <laughs> They're untying um, uh, Cobb who's strapped to the uh, bed with the IVs and, and they're him to a car where Yusuf is waiting. Eames and they are providing cover fire and they all drive away to safety. They reveal that goons kidnapped Arf, uh, Cobb three years ago and have kept him sedated this whole time, trying to break into his mind and using this low-grade uh, Inception chemicals to find the last sample <laughs> of the neurotoxin. Uh, Cobb solves like the last clue and they find the location of the sample, try and steal it, but the goons capture them and then threaten to kill everyone. And that's Gob, uh, Gobb. Cobb reveals the location of the sample Gob. <laughs> um, There's a small fight um, uh, but the goons leave with the location uh, and everyone's bummed out but then Cobb's like "Aha! I actually lied to the goons and Arthur's like oh great tell us where the location is and we can go and destroy it but Cobb then points a gun to Arthur again and tells him he doesn't know if he's still dreaming. If he gives the location to Arthur he could be given the sample or the location of the sample to the bad guys Arthur tries to convince Cobb it's not a dream and the low grade inception chemicals have just confused him and he has his children back um, he pulls out a top, but obviously Cobb doesn't trust it. Arthur then asks him if he trusts him, and tells Cobb to ask him a question that only he would know from their history. Um, Arthur answers the question correctly, but this would be dialogue that was somehow well, that was in the film earlier, like within the first five minutes. This piece of exposition would have somehow been put been put into the dialogue. So mm. hopefully, a lot of people will be like, "Oh, you know, only the real uh, Arthur could know that." But if he's been a dream since like two thirds of the way, they would have the they would have that information. So is he still dreaming? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he answers the question correctly. Uh, Cobb then tells Arthur the location, and Arthur leaves with Sado um, and uh, to get to destroy the sample. And then Eames opens the door to the room hiding Cobb's kids, and Cobb walks in. But before we can determine what expression he has on his face, it cuts to black.
0: Okay. Okay. All uh, all
2: right. I'd... oh. Um no so I just realized, I should have mentioned um so my whole idea is yeah people trying to break into Com- Cobb's mind to find this location uh, of the uh, to find this neurotoxin yeah to do some damage kill some people go on a rampage um and the whole thing is is he in a dream has he been in the dream this whole time the idea of like the woman at the first at the start is um their first attempt uh but it fails but it's done really quickly so hopefully it just like looks like a dream but can be passed off as like a, their first attempt trying to get in um, but yeah, the whole point the, like that, like a lot of the movie is, does he want it? Should he give this location away to people that he quote unquote trusts? Because um, oh, yeah, no, I forgot to mention that. Basically, if he goes, oh, if I give you the location and you're not the goons, then you could just kill me when my back's turned. So that's that. That at the end when he goes into the room and his back is turned to Eames and he sees his kids and we cut to black. That's supposed to be a kind of Sopranos. Was that a gunshot or
0: <laughs> mm. okay? All right. Okay. No. Well done, both of you. Like you, you took, you've taken on a difficult challenge, and you've come up with some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pondering. I'm thinking. I'm making some, making some deductions and and seeing what ideas incept themselves deep into my subconscious. <laughs> um, but I want to see what ideas your arguments incept in, conceive in in uh, well plant put incept all right let's go with incept that sounds let's see how well your your arguments with each other inceptions me um so <laughs> go for it why should <laughs> why should i choose your movies as the winner the floor is yours gentlemen thank you very much
2: um i ross explained his but i still don't get it Um, it's
1: just like the first (laughs) one,
2: yeah. (laughs) Uh, I think Ross actually has a a pretty good concept, um, but the actual pitch is is uh is wrong, (laughs) um, yeah. Like, pray tell why it's too confusing. I think you've got a great idea that, um, but it just needs to be just explained better like um... oh i'm
1: sorry that i couldn't explain it in 30 degree heat i'm sorry i mean you've, <laughs> yeah.
0: you, you've, had, you've had a while word. to write it though no. right let's let's back it
1: up little, one hmm. second so yeah. i wasn't supposed to be on this episode <laughs> and then i was like actually <laughs> oh, we had to move sure. it sure, so then sure. we were like oh actually you can be on the move and then all mm. of us fuckers met with each other at the weekend so i didn't get a chance <laughs> to fucking write it then did i I and mean, then I was at work on Monday, and today's today, and it was yep. fucking 37 degrees outside, <laughs> so I was sweating my tits off at work. So that's why my fucking idea probably doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
2: just think it's that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I sympathise with but that. But Drew Absolutely got the sure. idea that I was trying to explain. Yeah, you're. Let's and... just
2: say you're. You're. You're not. And where's the main cast? Mine's got the main cast. No, you the, don't need rack. any. Like, Man, they, don't they need are, it. There's, there's two Bring... of each of them. Are they the main cast?
1: But like Mine's, a big, thing mine's is... a big
2: question mark. Yours is just a big, like, what the fuck question mark. <laughs> no,
1: but the thing is, in the original, the main story is about Cobb. Like, the other guys are just supporting characters. Whether they're, like, yeah. you know, they should have had more. I didn't. So I wanted to focus you'd... on having a new... I don't think bringing the old guys back. I think mm-hmm. having a different character in the world of Inception was better for the for the sequel i feel because i i look at it like my sequel being like 10 cloverfield lane like you know it being in that sort of world but a totally sub like a totally separate thing obviously mm. with a little cameo yeah. from Cobb so at the end mm.
2: so we got like the, the one this are they all connected as well is the government all connected to to people or how are they so they, they use
1: this machine to implant yeah yeah, yeah. so they are connected to these people the people um that How? use is that a these big machine No no it's I mean mate they can there's a fucking machine that can induce <laughs> you into a fucking dream with each other so like there must be technology <laughs> like it's a f- it, this as mindset is as, as a giant the... <laughs>
2: suitcase at government HQ and they're like oh here we go <laughs>
0: it goes uh, all everywhere <laughs>
1: <laughs> minds got mindset in the near future so it, it it could be a bit later it could be 20 years later rather than 10 because of the like the age of the film so it's a near future where there where the i wanted to focus on this technology being absolutely fucking batshit crazy and that clearly some corporation would fucking use it to like <laughs> implant their memories of things yeah um i think andy's is good i think it's good it's like oh, thank you. Who do you think you are? Um, um Cobb edition. Um <laughs> so they just go back into <laughs> 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 So yeah, like uh I I I think there was a little bit too much like the I, I got a bit confused. So the his kids are kidnapped and there's a weapon of mass destruction, right? Or was I getting that wrong? Okay.
2: Yeah. So no, no, no. So yeah, Cobb's great grandfather made a weapon of mass destruction, and people were yeah. after it because they know Cobb knows the like, lo- or think they Cobb knows the location. So they're like, "Oh, we're kidnapping his kids until okay. he gives us the location."
1: Okay. Yeah. I and mean, yeah. He does it it at the end,
2: and he gets his kid back. It's better
1: than yeah. <laughs> I I uh... still
2: try to just keep the whole. Is the whole thing a dream? It's still an action. I feel I've got more as more chance for action in mind. A bit more. We learn about Cobb's family, not some random new Batman character.
1: <laughs> or... Look, yeah, they... I saw him with but... Batman.
2: Sorry. I know you didn't describe him, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look, they... um, They... I can't even remember my point now. Fuck. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> cool, great. I'll, I'll jump that. in then, in that case.
0: <laughs> I am... Well, all right, okay. So, th- thank you both. I think you both you both make some very good points, and it's it's fascinating. It's really really interesting that two of the biggest facets of my personality are being, um, pretty socialist and being a parent. And so, Ross has come steaming in as corporations are evil and uh ah, scary <laughs> corporations which tickles me very much and andy's come in with ah, children missing ah. <laughs> and that and that hits me from the other side so you've done quite well both of you there um i i'm i'm really struggling with this because like we I, I want to recognise the fact that Ross, whilst your extenuating circumstances are entirely valid, like Andy's Andy's pitch was definitely more concrete. Basically, if I bought your pitch, Ross, I've got to pay a writer more to fill in the gaps. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Where Andy's, I can get, I don't have to pay the writer quite as much. Um, I quite really as much? enjoy. Well, I mean that what I, I've got to pay a writer to do something with it. Like I'm not just going to show up with just, just a show transcript the on of what the big you screen. just said <laughs> and just be like, right, just make it up, guys. Um, and so yeah, I I think that Ross, you're delving into a, a, an idea of what on earth would this technology actually do to society is really interesting and something that the first movie totally ignores. It's just like, no, the world is completely normal except we have this insane technology. And I found that really interesting that you went into that. (laughs) Um you've got the sort of the double dream within a dream within a dream. There's two sequences of it. And I would worry I, I honestly I think and pulling out a line that we pull out a lot, if yours was a mini series, if it was an HBO Max 10 episode mini series about what happens in the world Inception is set in 30 years after. I think there's a really cool idea in that. I would worry it would might be a little bit overstuffed. Mm. Going to Andy. Andy's just got up. My charger. Um, nice. <laughs> All right. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Just, um, yeah, just put my charger in. Leave... I've
2: got like 30 seconds. It's not no, green. Shut up.
0: I'm it's leaving a big gap of silence so I can see where to cut it out in the edit, you bastard now it now i won't be able to tell i'm I'm just leaving all this in i'm not editing this in at all i'm leaving everything in um so (laughs) with andy's i think you've done an admirable job of i i really like the idea that the original team are back and then at the end we realize maybe they're not the original team and then more people show up and maybe they are i found it interesting in the debate that you were saying you you didn't understand ross's because ross's i was like yeah i get this and yours i was like wait what <laughs> uh, wait wait uh, right mm. okay so yeah it that was just an interesting little peccadillo for me um i i would if if i were pitching this to if i was buying this to take it to chris nolan say right come on you come on chris i'm from i'm from warner brothers so you've got to get this made you haven't given us anything for ages now you've got to worry about like digital de-aging at this point if it's only set three years afterwards. like All of these people have aged significantly. They do not look like they did in 2008-2009 when they shot this movie. Um, and also, I have to admit, <clears throat> I agree a bit more with Ross. Whilst I'd be absolutely fine with one or two of the other original characters showing up as a bit of a cameo, Honestly, like they're kind they are thrown together by circumstance for that job. And whether it's a big job and they build further connections from it, my feeling is at the end of the movie they all go their separate ways. And so the fact that they all come back together to save him feels quite convenient. Also the fact that (laughs) or do they true. That is true but also the <laughs> fact that Dom's great-grandfather invented a nerve agent and he's the only one who might remember how to make
2: that. <laughs> he's the only one alive, let say that. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was a bit... That was very convenient for me. Like, yeah. you, it was... if, if, if this was the first Inception movie and that mm-hmm. was the plot, I'd be fine with it, but because it's the second one and he was already the star of the first movie and now it's like, oh, by the way... <laughs> um, this also Your grandfather so was a Andy's Nazi I have a couple of issues with <laughs> 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 um, But Ross's definitely would need Some fleshing out And And, and some holes filling So I'm Okay <sighs> ah. This might be controversial I'm going with Ross
1: Half pitch. you're
2: buying is, half a pitch
0: <laughs> it is but i think it's half a pitch
1: it's got a good I idea in there that. my friend
0: you know honestly an idea is not like... a pitch well, well it, it, it an idea is it is
2: a pitch was well, not ross's it, mine a was pitch. a pitch he pitched Mine's got, ross has got this bit this bit
0: this bit Ross. ross gave a shorter pitch i'll give you my parameters that i've done this on because they change on whims willy nilly week by week <laughs> as we all know my I'm imagining I can't imagine Chris Nolan letting anyone direct an Inception 2 if it's not him and out of the two of the boiled down to their basic elements I th- I think that Chris Nolan would have more I I, I feel like the option of investigating what this does to society and what it's doing to people and their relationships with power structures would be more of interest to chris nolan than mind heist for for wmd whilst uh, whilst that is effectively exactly what i said i would pitch Um, (laughs) by the way, it just I for hopefully that just goes to show that I would have lost this episode despite having spent 18 months confident that I would definitely win if I was pitching. Um, but yeah, like genuinely super, super close. The I that was a really difficult decision for me to make because Andy, you have put a lot of work and thought into it, and I love that you've made it so that you have made it so unclear and so ambiguous, and it really could go either way. Yeah, it was but, good. I love the ending. Yeah, I, I it was really good. I can't justify any further is Ross. Yeah. Well done both of you. Ross, you are our winner. Hey. So, what are we going to be pitching sequels for next time? We are going to be doing uh for episode 50,
1: what better way to celebrate when you're 50? <laughs> Than doing the teen comedy New York Minute from 2004 with Mary Kate and Ashley Olson. And, you know, who knows? We may have a special guest or special guests. Uh,
0: Uh, Who could it be? Just so saying, yeah so we, episode 50 it, it's not the Olsen twins. Yeah yeah it's definitely not going to be them. No, yeah. Or is it?
1: <laughs> or is it? Yeah so <laughs> I'm sure all 50 year olds are going to love us doing New York minute. There you go. Mm. Yeah. I can't
2: wait for us to review a teen comedy probably directed more for girls. That's over that's uh, about twenty years old. Probably,
0: like, probably <laughs> directed more for girls. Have you done, yeah, and this if, uh, In me? There might Andy, be guys if you down don't there at that
2: age it was like, yeah.
1: If you don't win this week, Andy, um, uh, that week, I'm gonna be really upset. I want you to do some high teen drama. <laughs> yeah, no, I've I have
2: already I've already, and comedy, I've already yeah. got an idea, and I'm gonna be deep I'm gonna go back into the bag that I got the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory pitch out of. <laughs> it's unless I can think of an actual teen pitch, which probably I can't. I am definitely. There's going to be some some blood and guts and some violence in my Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen
0: <laughs> I mean, twin. Look, uh, I going back to the spirit of your Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> pitch. I mean, this this podcast was initially it, envisaged as something where we would be pitching sequels to terrible and obscure and totally unknown movies. So I think this is a really fitting episode fifty, and yeah. I think we should all go absolutely. Buck Wild, yeah, a nice and nice after reception. Yeah,
2: not to think of something, of yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. anything. I'm going to put down guns. Yeah, no. Boom. Thought. Big chicken legs. Stream of a consciousness Viking. typing. <laughs> All right, chaps. Well, that is it from us. And for everyone listening at home, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Let us know if you think Andy should have won. Just give us a hashtag Andy Pitch or a hashtag Ross Pitch if you think that. Ross was the deserving winner. Let us know if you've got ideas for a sequel to Inception and how you would have done it. We would, we would really love to. I, I definitely would love to hear it. I'm sure the others would too, but I won't speak for them. No, I will. I'm the host. They want to hear it too. I'll make them. I'm
2: indifferent.
1: (laughs) Either way.
0: As always, you can find us on pretty much all the social medias by searching sequel pitch you can find links to our social medias in the show notes below and lastly as we mentioned at the beginning if you fancy supporting us a little teeny weeny bit monetarily to help us pay for hosting and online recording and editing software and various other things have a look at at patreon.com forward slash sequel pitch and we would super appreciate it if you did and we but we super appreciate you listening even if you don't right. because we can everyone please. and every everything we lovely. please donate so we can Isn't
2: buy it? the other half of ross's pitch <laughs> <So we>
1: can... <laughs> very good that was good
0: very good very very good yeah we will pay ross to write the rest of the pitch. And we'll out. so with that it is goodbye from this week's winner Ross Harmston. Bye. It is goodbye from this week's worthy runner up, Andy Henry. Just a
2: little bong this time. Just bong.
0: <laughs> a sad bong.
2: A sad bong.
0: <laughs> My kids have been taking bong. <laughs> 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 did, did Hans Zimmer go what's (laughs) what's the so he heard someone go and go what's the epic version of that (laughs) and so on (laughs) on an epic it is goodbye from me we will catch you next time